This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Thanks for staying with us because we are heading into a great discussion with Father Peter Andrell of the Diocese of Fargo. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by... Hi, good morning. This is John Clark. John Clark. And we want to welcome in Father Andrell. Good morning, Father. Good morning. I want to begin with a question because I told listeners beforehand that I would ask it, and it's this. Are Catholics too superstitious at points? You know, unfortunately, that question throughout our history of the 2,000 years of our Church, there have been moments where this has happened. I would say more in our modern day today, there is not as much awareness of the things that have led into the previous superstitions that exist. I think what we need more than anything is a uh, return back to the sacred. I think we've gotten so far away from the concern of the different things around us that can be blessed or protect to keep us on our growth and growing in holiness um, that we've kind of just abandoned the concept of what we're going to talk about, these sacramental superstitions can exist. I mean, there are people today that still want their lucky rabbit's foot or uh, what have you, four-leaf clover. But I think, in general, our modern man, modern woman, is more attuned um, to the basics. They're not as uh, deceived, perhaps, as perhaps in the other eras of our Church, the Middle Ages, for example. But we have a wonderful history dating all the way back to the Old Testament times. The fact that we're incarnational and the fact that God reaches us through visible means, including the sacraments, our seven sacraments, you know, water for baptism, you know, uh, bread and wine for uh, the Eucharist, oil that's used for the anointing of the sick, etc., that we are um, incarnational people. We're, we are connected to the visible reality. And as Pope John Paul made very clear in his Theology of the Body, that the visible reality of, of our person and of the world we live in, God created, and what He creates is good. And so I think it's important that we realize that this material creation around us is a blessing and how we are called to be stewards to use it correctly. Mm, that's great. So can you talk about what sacramentals actually are? You know, it's, it's really my honor, and I, I tell you, I don't think this is really an area that we really cover all that much, you know, today. And I think that would be a wonderful uh, blessing to, to return back to. So let me put it in this context, between what we call sacramentals and sacraments. So the sacraments, they are visible signs that are instituted by Christ our Lord for the building up of each person of the Church, and they confer direct grace. And so through our 20 centuries, the development reaching its apex when it was officially, definitively defined at the Council of Trent, um, 1545-63, to were the seven. Baptism to begin, the sacrament of initiation, baptism to start, and confirmation to follow, the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, Penance or confession, reconciliation, is number four. 
holy orders, the conveying of uh, becoming uh, a priest, a bishop, or also the beginning stage, which is a deacon. And holy matrimony would be number six, and then anointing of the sick, which had been titled Extreme Unction at one point, is number seven. So these we call sacraments, and we're blessed because they are something that Jesus, um, when he ascended into heaven, wanted to offer to us, his beloved people, sons and daughters of the Father, um, his brothers and sisters, spiritually adopted in him through these, these sacraments, so that we could have him present to us, even while he is reigning in heaven, his grace, his divine life, his love can be offered here for us on earth. And what a privilege it is to be Catholic, because we have the opportunity of receiving these sacraments potentially every day. And in the Protestant churches, they too also acknowledge sacraments, but oftentimes not as many. Typically, two. Baptism is universally acknowledged, um, and sometimes the Eucharist. My grandmother was a um, Presbyterian, and 104 years of age she lived to be, founder of her church um, in Sioux City, Iowa. And I remember through her 104 years of life, she had the privilege to receive the sacraments, but only twice when she was baptized as a, as a little um, child, and then when she um, was married. Um, the Presbyterian Church acknowledges the sacrament of marriage, and that was all. But for me, being a Lutheran convert to being Catholic, it's just such a privilege to every day be able to offer the Holy Sacrifice, the Mass, the Sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, um, to be able to offer anointing of the sick um, for our people on a regular basis, confession. What a tremendous privilege. So the sacraments instituted by Christ directly convey grace to you and I, sacramentals. That is a gift that has been given to the Church. And we kind of find the New Testament origin in the washing of the feet of Jesus, he offered that to his disciples as a means of service. It was not raised to the level of a sacrament, but it was something that would open their hearts and minds to receive grace. You know, at the Last Supper, Jesus instituted the Holy Eucharist and the priesthood. So two sacraments were offered on Holy Thursday. And the concept of the sacramentals has continued. For example, holy water. Blessing water to make it holy, that it could be used for our blessed blessing and protection. You know, it's interesting in Scripture, we have that famous passage um, that was given to us in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 18, about putting on the full armor of God. And in certain ways, that is what the sacramentals do. If the sacraments strengthen our soul, our heart, our person, the sacramentals help prepare that by strengthening us as if being armored up to protect that sacredness to be able to allow even more fully for us to be open to the grace that God wants to give. And, you know, we need it because, you know, we are living in a time of a battle. You know, people talk about at this moment in time that we're in America in a cultural war. But if we, and if we are in this, it's only because there's a foundation of a spiritual war. And in that Ephesians passage, uh, St. Paul mentions that our enemy is the principalities and the powers of darkness. Mm. And it's the, the demonic, the fallen angelic, that is the, the true enemy 
And I think as we, we strive to build bridges, to, to find ways to um, grow together, to forgive, to be able to um, heal, that is a very critical um, reality for us to be reminded of. And so St. Paul points out, therefore, take the whole armor of God to withstand the evil, to stand having girt your loins of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, having clothed and shod your feet with the gospel of peace, taking the shield of faith and quenching the flaming darts of the evil one with the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Jesus, the Word, made flesh that dwells among us in his sacred um, scriptures. That is a sacramental that opens us up to receive his Word, to prepare us for grace as does these other means of sacraments. One of the most famous, perhaps, that we offer as priests is the brown scapular. Mm. Um, we have a tradition for children, once they are receiving their First Holy Communion, to enroll them in the brown scapular, which is really a part of the actual habit of a Carmelite monk, and to receive that, if you will, armor of God in the means of that sacramental way that is a, a blessed object. Yeah given by the Church, that offers a special um, openness to receive grace for the person to receive it. And we've had different elements of sacramentals throughout, you know, the Church's life. And I think it's a wonderful thing to be, one, aware of them, and to use them, to right. use them to be armored up. I wear, I've been wearing a scapular since the moment I became Catholic over 25 years ago. It's more important to me than an American Express card. I never leave home without it. <laughs> That's beautiful. If you're just tuning in, we're visiting with Father Peter Andrel of the Diocese of Fargo about sacramentals versus superstition and where the lines are drawn. You know, you mentioned Father Holy Water. You mentioned the Brown Scapular. What other sacramentals are there that people may or may not be familiar with? You know, that's a thank you. That's a wonderful question. And you know, I think we are more aware of them than we realize, because how many of us hopefully make time even to pray before we eat to ask a blessing for our food? That is a sacramental. Really? And so praying before we eat or after we eat, huh. the opportunity of, well, I know um, people often will comment upon, you know, like a St. Benedict medal or a Miraculous medal. The Miraculous medal is perhaps the most famous of all the different medals mm -hmm. that are blessed to be worn, again, to be armored in God, that was given in the 18, early 1830 to a French nun, St. Catherine Labre, by directly uh, having Our Lady appear to her for dimension corporeally to offer a medal that would be struck with the cross and the heart of Jesus, with Mary's heart united with his, representing us, and then on the other side, um, to commemorate what would eventually become what we call the fourth, or excuse me, the third Marian dogma, O Mary conceived without sin, pray for us to have recourse to you. And so many miracles were attributed to those that would wear the medal of protective grace that it became known as the miraculous medal. So that's another um, example of a sacramental, but there are so many. We have, um, as priests, 
what we call a book of blessings. And so we were able to bless different objects uh, mm. to make them holy. And we, when we are blessed, it means that they're set apart. Yeah. They are offered in a special way to God. So blessing of a home, blessing of a car, blessing of a field. You know, we bless seed for the farmers. We bless their fields for the crop to grow. And it sets it apart um, for the divine. And it's interesting because the demonic, the evil, respects that. Oh my gosh, this is God's property, and I know I'm not to mess. And and that's why it's a wonderful gift. I mean, we, we bless palm branches, and then yeah. we, we take the leftover, and we make them then broken down, burned into the ashes for Ash Wednesday. And, you know, the statistics out there are, are actually kind of interesting. Um, it is claimed in America that the number one day of people coming to church after Christmas is not Easter, it's Ash Wednesday. <laughs> That's Because amazing. they want the ashes. They want that protective blessing, which is a sacramental. Right. And then after Easter, which is number three, you know, Palm Sunday is very an important day because they want to have palm branches as well. Mm-hmm. And every year I have, you know, both Catholic and non-Catholic coming. They want to receive those ashes. And we see that more and more being used in, in other denominations as well. That sounds great. Father, so we, we have we, a history. Sorry to interrupt. We need to step away for a break, but I want to continue this conversation, specifically the idea of the enemy respecting the blessings that is given to these sacramentals, which are setting things that we use apart from for the Lord. So can you stay with us after the break? And uh, we'll continue this discussion. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Have you forgiven those who have hurt you, especially those who abandoned or left you after taking their own life? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus says that you can only be forgiven by God if you forgive others. It is one of the most important things you can ever do, for if you don't, you are jeopardizing your own salvation. When you refuse to forgive someone, you are not hurting them, you are only hurting yourself. Forgiveness is a critical part of the healing process, which includes forgiving yourself. 
Also, forgiveness may not be nearly as difficult as you think. So join us and learn how to forgive, and God can fully forgive you through His love and mercy. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, and we are continuing our discussion here with Father Peter Andrel of the Diocese of Fargo about sacramentals versus superstition. Before the break, we were talking about examples of sacramentals, and Father, you talked about something that quickly passed, but I want to revisit it, and you talked about how when something is blessed, it is set apart, it is offered to God. And the enemy respects that. I wonder if you can build a little bit on that, because I think sometimes we give the devil to and, and evil too much power. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic in this world that we live. We, we seem to be uh, living in, in one or, or possibly even two different extremes. Is that one... Either the devil just doesn't exist, we're not even aware of the reality that there is uh, personal evil. And, and, of course, evil means the absence of good, or that, you know, the devil's behind every bush. And the importance is that we are meant to be made known that, I mean, that is why Jesus came to us. He definitively conquered and defeated the works of the devil and he did so on a um, global humanity level so that the evil one simply can no longer have a hold on humanity. By dying, he destroyed our death. By rising, he restored our life. The evil one now can only work on us on an individual level. And it is important to know your enemy. And that our best, as uh, Lombardi once famously said, our best offense is a good defense. And that starts with understanding the situation of the world we live in. And as we're uh, a very soon, we see the presence, the, the, the problem, the suffering that evil causes us all around us. Yeah. War, abortion, the different uh, struggles that are even seen in families, the different sufferings. So we need to honor the reality that evil is real, but to, and respect that, but to realize that God is so much bigger. Our guardian angel given to us has a greater authority because always beholding the face of God as the gospel teach us than all of hell combined. And God himself gives to us a protection so that no matter what temptation may come our way, whether of the world or the flesh or the devil, the triple concupiscence that comes from the fall of original sin, we will always have the means to say no, to resist in our will. Father, is where the moral choice is made. That's amazing. I, I think of the, the you know evil and the devil kind of um, respecting things. So respecting the power of Christ, but I also yeah. so, but Satan also kind of draws us into 
something that we might think is uh, sacramental or, or acceptable, um, but turns us into superstition. And one of the things that I think that, that, that strikes me, the one that I'm, I'm guilty of at, one point, at some point in time, and that's wanting to sell a house, so burying a statue of St. Joseph upside down, um, and that will, that will sell the house. Well, as I understand it, that's superstition, right? But it's done with good intention, it, it is. I'm not really sure how that developed as it did and sadly why that's so in any area being done. I mean, it's wonderful to invoke the intercession of the saints before the throne of God to offer their roots as their role to intercede. I mean, we have three levels of people. We have the church triumphant, and those are the saints that are reigning in heaven. We have what is traditionally called the church militants, and those are us who are living here on earth militants because we're in an army, because we're at war. There is a battle that's being raged. And then we have those who have died that are also saints. They've died in God's favor, but are still being purified, whether due to sin that they have committed or punishment due to sin, and that's called purgatory. And they can intercede for us, too. So St. Joseph is, after our beautiful Mother Mary, and she's of St. Joseph, he is, the, he is the second most important saint. Hyperdulia, the, the highest of veneration and love is given to Mary, Jesus' mother, who Jesus honored, he honored his father and mother, called us to do the same. Mary given to us at the foot of the cross through St. John. St. Joseph we call Protodulia. He has the first veneration after Mary. And he has a powerful intercessory role, too, before the throne of God to, to offer prayer. And so we've had a wonderful tradition of asking St. Joseph um, for particular needs, including the selling of a house. And I think there's nothing wrong simply with asking St. Joseph's intercession, we have what are called novenas, which are also a form of a, a sacramental where we're asking through the blessing of a prayer to have our Lord provide for us through the saints who give Him glory, actually, by going through the saints. But in a way in which that it's not, like you mentioned, it can appear to be a superstition or it's just kind of not... Uh, not in a balance that you would want. So, uh, you know, for example, to bring a statue of St. Joseph, normally that statue is blessed. Well, it's a sacred item, sacred object. You don't want to just bury that in the ground and then pull it up after a house is sold. I would say have your statue of St. Joseph, if you so wish, have it blessed, pray the novena, ask St. Joseph's intercession, but keep it in a place of, of, of reverential acknowledgement, just like we would do with images of our, our loved ones, you know, family pictures, um, namesakes, keepsakes, uh, and so on, so right. too with the saints, right. but in a respectful way, and that's the key, a respectful way. We have 30 seconds left here. What message would you want our listeners to go away with for the conversation on sacramentals? You know, the, the, the key take-home is to be aware of, of the reality of what we live in, that we are in a battle, and to armor up. One of the greatest sacramentals is the gift of holy water. It's available for all people, Catholic or non. In every church, we have what's called epiphany water here. It's the most highly indulgent sacramental that exists. It's a blessed and then exercised water mixed with salt. We use that. It's even used um, in prayers of healing um, for, for families, for people. It's tremendous. But to use the sacramentals, the brown scapula, I hope everybody listening can get enrolled in the brown scapula. Mother Angelica called it fire insurance. <laughs> because of the, of the tremendous promises connected to it of helping to protect a person that authentically lives that Christian life while wearing it. it to be protected from an unprovided death or even hell. Yeah. That the graces needed for um, eternal salvation can be offered 
to these beautiful means that open us up to God's divine grace, the sacramentals, leading us to the sacraments, leading us to God, to Amen. heaven. These are, these are the means that God has given us. We need to use them. Amen. Amen. Father, thanks so much for being on with us today. It's my honor. And everybody have a wonderful day. God bless you all. The blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon you all and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much. Well, we are at the end of our show and we have a great part coming in these last two minutes. This is, this is, the, this is the part I wait for. Eli? Eli. Yeah, absolutely. Eli, what's coming up on the next Real Presence? Oh, boy. Well, thanks for that introduction. <laughs> Gee whiz. <laughs> We've got another great show coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Heather Caro and Teresa Curley, coming to you from the Mustard Seed Catholic Store in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. They'll talk with Deacon Thomas Rouse of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. He'll talk about evangelization through gaming. Then Father Stephen Jones of the Diocese of Sioux Falls will tell us why spiritual direction is important. And piggybacking off that, Claire Dwyer will tell us how you can find a spiritual director. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That'll be tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Groovy. Thanks, Eli. That was wonderful. That oh boy, see, this is why I wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> and just the golden tones of Eli. All right. Minute and a half left, John. Biggest <clears throat> takeaways. It's always a tough question. I, you know, I said biggest <laughs> takeaways, and I just just review the entire show. How about takeaway? <laughs> takeaway. Okay. One. All right. Okay. I think the takeaway, uh, really, with talking to Mike Aquilina, really opened my eyes to John Chrysostom. And it's really motivated me to know more and to read more about him. The, the, the fact that he's, he's so relevant these days, I, I think we have a lot to learn. In fact, there's a reflection in the Magnificat. Uh, that's written by him. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I we have a presentation through Covenant Eyes coming up with the Diocese of Duluth, which we talked about at the beginning of the show. That's this Wednesday at 7 p.m. And it's called As for Me and My House, Defending Your Home Against Pornography. If you want to sign up for that, you can visit org slash CE. And that's really one of my biggest takeaways. It seemed like there were a couple different themes to parents mm-hmm. Uh, and the call to parents to help their children. You know, you look at St. John Chrysostom's mom and and how she helped him. And, you know, what Eric Jenis said, he talked about what are we giving our kids? Are we bathing them in beauty? And we have that concert coming up on Monday. On Monday, 7 o'clock next Monday. Um, at St. Anna Joachim Church. Yeah. Fantastic. Beautiful. So, so parents, be intentional parents. That's the message I want to leave with you today. Thanks so much for tuning in to Real Presence Live. More to life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck up next. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.